0: you're listening to sons of thunder a podcast that brings you faith fellowship and fire giving you the spiritual weapons you need to do battle for the lord and now Please welcome your hosts, the Dynamic Deacon and the Man on Fire.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Sons of Thunder. Always, always a pleasure to be back with you all and always a pleasure to be back with my brother with the same Holy Mother, the Dynamic Deacon Harold service. What's up, Deacon? I'm doing
0: well, John. How you doing, my friend?
1: I am doing well. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Uh, and good to be back on another episode. I think it's timely, Deacon. We talked about as we prepared for this show uh, what would be a good topic to kind of kick off this 2021 uh, year? Because, you know, you and I both look back and made sure 2020 was absolutely gone. Yeah. gone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that thing's behind us. Thanks be to Jesus. Um, but it was about remaining prayerful in kind of turbulent times and some dark times. And depending on where you are, uh, in a variety of ways, spiritually, uh, geographically, even politically, it, it, there's no doubt that we're going through some just crazy, unprecedented times. And I think you and I both felt that it was important for us to, you know, cling to the cross, hope in Christ, and to remember that that we are uh, believing people and that prayer is, you know, how we're going to sustain in all of this. But before we get into that, how you been, Deacon?
0: Oh, I've been well, man. You know, it's just... Uh trying to uh get my schedule (laughs) my speaking schedule in order man it's just uh like literally almost every other day it's some some change in my schedule usually by this time uh it's set for the rest of the year Mm -hmm. i don't have to worry about it but now it's just like uh after two months i have everything is in pencil uh (laughs) and and uh even up until just today you know another parish called oh we're not going to do the mission and And then uh, another event wants to move it till later in the year. And so it's like all these gaps in my schedule. It's just uh, a little uh, unnerving and unsettling. But, you know, I'm not worried about it, man, because um, since I left my secular career to speak and to write full time, God has always come through uh, for me and for my family. So I'm not even concerned, man. Um, You know, God will handle things. But uh, just from a practical perspective, it's a little—it's <laughs> a little nerve-wracking um, when you don't have things set. Because I'm like a kind of uh, my—not OCD—but my wife says I'm just very ordered and structured, and and when things are chaotic and disordered, you know, I don't—I don't feel like my best self. Yeah. You know, so uh, so that's that's a little un, a little unselling. But overall, I'm not worried about it because i know god is looking at the at the big picture and uh so i have to look at this whole thing through god's eyes
1: you know it's a great it's a great point because i think that's one of the things that we, we you kind of want to address right like we, the fact that we're in these times today and the fact that there's a lot of uncertainty you know people may be going through some serious hardship whether that be i um, dealing with the the health issues with regards to the coronavirus themselves or maybe they lost loved ones maybe they're mourning right now maybe they lost their business maybe they lost their job maybe um you know they're having to uh to pivot and adapt to everyone being at home or whatever it may be whatever the situation may be that there's what do we do with it as faithful people right deacon you and i both know in the work that we do um just out there preaching the gospel There's a lot of people that either they do one of two things, either when when difficult times occur, they lose their faith entirely or they grow in their faith um, beyond even what they can even imagine. So a perfect example, this is where we talk about flesh to the bone. This is us living in this time and dealing with the uncertainty. We were talking about this before we came on uh, this show, you know, just, you know, the, the cancellations, the rescheduling, just the 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 shifting of this kind of virtual world that we're living in, which is never really um, appealing to uh, two people who've, you know, feed off being in front of crowds. Uh, you know, why, why else will we be the sons of thunder, right? We want to bring some lightning and thunder to people. You can't do that via a screen. I guess you kind of can, but you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's a challenge to be able to shift and uh, make those um, adjustments in a, in a way that still does what it needs to do ultimately for the kingdom of god so deacon how are you personally um if you don't mind um you know kind of dealing with this you know you had to, you had to step out on a limb um people most of our listeners uh from both our uh our scope and walks of life understand your story that was it 2012 right was when yeah. you, you decided to say hey you know i'm out i'm not doing the the secular job anymore and i'm i'm, I'm putting my hand on the plow and i'm going to, going to become a disciple for Christ. Well that took in and of itself a whole lot of sacrifice commitment and trust. And yet here you find yourself now in 2021 having to exercise uh, trust again in the Lord's divine providence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. you know just like everybody else, you know're uh, we're, we're all dealing with the effects of this coronavirus both both in our personal lives and our family life in our professional life. And so for me, yeah, I was speaking at a conference last March. And uh, as I was speaking, a letter comes from the bishop uh, in the diocese where I was speaking, shutting everything down. And so I was on a plane home the next day, and uh, uh, with a few sporadic exceptions, I was home for nine months. And uh, and and 2020, I was gearing up to be like the best year I had since I left my job. I had uh, more speaking engagements. You know, I was I had more international travel, you know, including an invitation from the Cardinal Archbishop of Sri Lanka to come and do some apologetics stuff down there. So I was all geared to having a, a really massive, uh, really um, wonderful, successful year, and then bam, COVID hit and just like <laughs> everything just went shot down. So mm-hmm. normally I would travel two hundred fifty thousand miles a year, but I traveled less than five thousand miles total last year. Um, but and if that wasn't bad enough. Then, you know, I'm, now I'm back in the parish, but there, of course there's no parishioners because you can't have any meetings or anything, and mass attendance is way down, mm-hmm. only a fraction of what it was before, and then only priests are allowed to go to hospitals and to bring communion to the homebound, and those in assisted living communities to, you know, to keep down the number of contacts and the spread of the virus and stuff, so the deacons were just home twiddling our thumbs, so I'm looking at this whole thing and going like, okay, what now? You know, um, it's brought a number of challenges, um, uh, again, that I can relate to, to a lot of people, you know, the financial instability, um, you know, uh, issues even in in the family. You know, it was great. It's great having the kids home, but uh, no, they've been home for almost a year now. And and Mm -hmm. my daughter's a senior in college, and this is not how she envisioned her senior year. Mm -hmm. You know, my other daughter's a junior in college. She's supposed to be studying abroad this year. Now she's home. I mean, so, so it was it was fun in the beginning. A lot of we did a COVID garden and family games and stuff like that. But now it's like, okay, enough is enough. When is this going to be over so we can get back to our lives? Yeah. You know. So now there's a, a little depression, a little stress going on um, in the house. A little tension. Um, quite frankly, even between Colleen and I. I mean, there's been things because I've been traveling so much. There's, there's been things that have been on her heart that she wanted to talk to me about so now that we're both home we're talking about him. It's painful some of the stuff you know so mm-hmm. um you know so we're going through our own thing and uh uh so it's 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 hard on a lot of personally for me on a lot of levels but i could definitely identify with people who are struggling going through the same thing mm-hmm. you know i'm evaluating okay what do i do next for my apostolate you know how how is god calling me to minister and i have been doing like you john doing a lot of those virtual conferences, you know, but ultimately, as you said earlier, we're, I mean, we're an incarnational church. We need to be with people, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I think it's, um, uh, I think it's a bit optimistic when people think as soon as we're we're post-pandemic and the coronavirus has passed us, that people are going to flock back to church. I think we talked about this (laughs) before too, but Uh, uh, I think there's a lot of mission work that has to be done. I think we need to go out. It's like first century churching. We have to go out the way the church spread was by going out. And I, here's what I mean. I don't mean like, okay, we want to get people back to Paris. Let's send an email. Yeah. Let's send a letter. No, 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 Personal contact, personal interaction. You have to send parishioners out in groups to people's homes. Hey, like here's the parish list. Hey, we haven't seen this person in quite a while. Let's go to their house. Hey, let's bring some muffins and cupcakes. Hey, let's sit down and talk. Hey, how you been? You know, we just want to reconnect with you. We love you. We're here for you. We'd mm-hmm. love to see you back. But that kind of thing. That's the kind of thing that needs to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, ultimately, I think once that begins to happen, I think then we'll we'll start building up the body of Christ and building that enthusiasm that passion and that love for Jesus Christ, people shouldn't come back because of some sense of obligation or I have to or pressure or guilt they should come back because they want to love deeply and intimately and exchange that love with Christ when we give ourselves a hint he gives us the Eucharist back that nourishes and strengthens us and prepares us for our ultimate pilgrimage uh, uh, destination which is heaven
1: amen yeah I mean um you know we we think about the the situation you just brought up, Deacon, about the situation in the church, specifically with the number of faithful. I mean, we had problems pre-COVID with the number of, you know, people in the pews and, you know, talk about missionary ground. Now we had a missionary ground, you know, before all of this. And now we're people getting way more comfortable really seeing faith is not essential because that's what we basically said it was, you know, liquor stores and, you know, uh, brothels are still there. But, you know, um but the church is basically non-essential and we've allowed that to occur. And so people are very comfortable, um, if at all, uh, streaming, right. Just watch it the stream, uh, like everything else in their bunny slippers. And we talked about that before. That's not really, we're incarnational, as you said. So what we've done is we've enabled this, this lack of love really for, you know, I think we're going to really see, um, who the faithful really are in these times. Um, and and how how deep is that love because you 're right, you know love compels us to uh to to do and go above and beyond everything we want to, you know anything we need to do in order to be with our beloved, and so how much more for our Lord and our faith and you know one of the things I know i've been um, very blessed as we start to kind of say how do we how do we deal with this this difficult situation is maintain the sacramental life, right? And, and, and as best we can, I know it's different for everybody in different, even different cities within the same state, but, but one of the things that have absolutely sustained me and my family has been the exercise of the sacrament, specifically the sacrament of reconciliation and the sacrament of Holy communion through the sacrifice of the mass. And, you know, it's shown me very much so how much I love uh, our, our Lord and how much I love our faith. But doesn't mean that, like you said, Deacon, I appreciate you being vulnerable too, is we're going through stuff. You know, there's stuff that um, is being highlighted in our family life, in our family dynamics, in our marriages, in our relationships with other people, especially right now, we're so divided, not just as a country, we're divided as a church. Um, we have, yeah. uh, you know, we've had many discussions where we've see even... Um, our own, uh, whether it be acquaintances or other Catholic friends, where we're just going, whoa, you know, we're like lines being drawn in the sand, and people are being, and well-intentioned people, people we love, um, who we see, and even myself, I've struggled with other Catholics, where it's just like, what is going on here? Um, the devil is having a field day uh, with this, with this pandemic, and with the political situation, and more specifically with uh, the division within the church, because I think that's the ebb and flow of the world and the culture only it only goes by way of how the church is is operating.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And um yeah, you you brought up a, a number of excellent points there. And you know, I what what hurts me about what's going on in this um you know this this disruption within the church, mm-hmm. where even good Catholics are pitted against each other, yeah. and I, and, I, and here's here's my take on it. Um, I, I think a lot of folks are losing focus. So so for for example, um, uh, there's a lot of division over Pope Francis, for example. Pope Francis is the Holy Father. We owe him our our loyalty, and our fidelity. He's the Vicar of Christ you know uh you know from peter all the way down you know to to pope francis but unlike the his predecessors you know who taught very uh clearly um and and you know w- without any um confusion you know pope francis came out and one of the first things he said was make a mess yeah you know so so he approaches things like let's kind of just throw it all out there and have a bunch of people talk about it and stuff and and, and that kind of approach um, not saying it's not faithful to the church, but that uh, that approach to um, to speaking about the faith, I think has really confused people. I mean, because the media says something and they have his people have to come back and say, well, no, this is actually what he meant. And you know there's a interviews that he does off the cuff and it gets misinterpreted. I mean, there's so much of that. And I think it's overshadowing you know, the 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 positive messages about the faith that he's trying to get across. Mm-hmm. So then what happens is you have one set of Catholics who are saying, well, wait a minute, this is a very, you know, he, he's really kind of unfaithful, you know, he's really not you know, uh the the kind of pope that we need right now. His emphasis is all wrong. Then you have people on the other hand who love Pope Francis, love the direction he's moving the church in, and love the things he's talking about, the environment and migrants and stuff, and you know, and but then those people say, well that's not why people are leaving the church. They're not leaving because of migrants. They're not leaving because of the environment. They're leaving because they don't know Jesus. And I mean so so he yeah. has this division. And and so that's one that's one division point. I think another division point with faithful Catholics is the um, this whole political stuff, you know, the things that's going on in social media and uh, television media as well and and uh, all these different outlets uh, where people are are forgetting the focus has to always be on Christ mm. and deeping intimacy with Christ. And so where they're getting their information that's forming the way they're thinking is not from the magisterium, their mag- the teaching authority of the church, they're not getting their authority and their mission from uh, the media, you know, you see good, faithful Catholics pitted against each other over issues that we should be uniting. Because if we're pitted against each other and the world is pitted against us, <laughs> how are we supposed to be witnesses right. to Jesus Christ? How are we credible in the eyes of anybody when we can't get our act together ourselves? Mm-hmm. You see, so 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 that's a, a huge issue that I see in the life of the church right now.
1: So Deacon on that, on that note, especially with the pitted Catholics. And, and you know, I, I know we'll end this segment with um, really kind of so how, how do we maintain, how do we maintain our prayer life and maintain being prayerful? But, you know, what do you say to those that may go, you know what? I, like, I, I may be hearing what you're saying, Deacon and John, but what do we do about the injustices? You know, how do we, do we just, do we just close our eyes to it and put a bury our heads in the sand or, you know, how are things ever going to get better if there's. You know, a deep state in the church or a deep state in in our in our country, um, without us speaking out, without us uh, advocating for justice, because I can empathize with those folks. You know, anytime there's an injustice, um, you know we all want to see that, right? We want to see um, we want to see truth come to light. We want to see uh, you know uh, all lives protected and things of that nature. And we've talked about different things that we've we've dealt with, whether that be uh the COVID scenario the the racial injustice and social unrest we've talked about that in previous episodes but what do we tell our faithful out there goes well so what are you saying deacon and john are you saying just go bury your heads don't say anything do we just become doormats because i've also heard that other side and you know and it's a good point What, what do you say
0: yeah no i mean we can't be silenced in the public square i mean jesus went out and taught publicly Mm-hmm. Um, you know, St. Paul went to the Areopagus and and, and spoke about the faith publicly. St. Stephen, who's one of the first deacons of the church and the proto-martyr, mm-hmm. the first martyr in the church, was speaking publicly when he was stoned to death. So yeah, so we, we have to make our voices heard in the public square. But we also have to do it with, within the, our sphere of influence and given the gifts and the talents and the mission and vocation given to us by God. So, for example, I am not one, nor do I have any desire to be involved in in, in a relationship between politics and faith, per se. You know, so to engage on what this president says about this, what this politician says about that, or this politician's vote on this. I have no desire to get into that fray, you know, um, but there are people, but that's their thing, you know, and that's fine. You know, so what we have to do as Catholics is to support you know, those folks who are giving the authentic message uh, message of the church, what St. Paul says, the truth and love in Ephesians 4.15. Mm-hmm. It has to be the truth, but it has to be done uh, in love with always respecting those who don't agree with us, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, we, and so what I want to, what I think God is calling me to is to keep people focused on the charisma. you know, the, that that kernel of truth, the foundational message of Jesus Christ to the world um, and and so uh, even though I may not be called to do you know I mean I, I'll talk I talk about pro-life and all those kinds of things but I mean in a very um, you know engage in a secular world um, uh, very aggressively like a football game by like two opponents mm-hmm. you know um, I'd rather be in the stands rooting for the folks who are out there going head to head you mm-hmm. know and supporting them mm-hmm but but we have but we I think we have to just step back and say okay um, I I need to make my voice heard. How am I called to do that? Because not everybody is called to do it um, in your face in that kind of way. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's bad, but that but some people are called to do that and some people are not called to do that. I think, like I said, God has called me um, as a speaker to focus on the faithful. Um, especially now in this, you know, when we come to that post-pandemic time, where um, you know, where, where people going to need to hear the truth. I mean, uh, I'm talking about folks that are uh, well, the Pope Francis called those are that that are in the margins, right? I mean, uh, I'm talking about widows because there's some people have lost their spouses uh, during this coronavirus, and they're feeling particularly alone and vulnerable because they can't be around a lot of family for support. I'm talking about atheists uh prisoners those who just are indifferent about the faith the, um, the indigent the homeless racist you know those who have fallen away from the church those who are disenfranchised those who stop coming to church those who are even those who are watching mass streaming who've been away from the church for years but somehow are now watching online how do you get those people to come back to the faith that's where i see my emphasis not in the big secular world picture but focusing more on bringing people to deeper intimacy and love of Christ.
1: Yeah, no, I think it was a great, great point and great perspective. Cause I, I do think that one of the best ways that we can address the cultural issues head on is by living out your Catholic faith authentically and vibrantly and with zeal. Cause trust me, we're bringing a message that's counterculture, right? We're bringing a message that's counter world. So therefore by just being a good Catholic who lives out the gospel every single day and preaches that message to people uh, first by the witness and second with the words then yeah you're going to encounter it anyway you know i think that's the part and i think there has to be um you know on this point deacon there has to be a healthy detachment from the things of this world so if we're so caught up in the worldly things it doesn't mean we close a blind eye you and i both know right we got to have the new newspaper one hand the bible in the other that kind of thing i get that But if we put so much stock in who the political party is in control, um, who the president is, who, you know, what so-and-so is doing, to be quite honest, I can't control anything. I cast a vote legitimately, right? Um, I say my prayers for the hierarchy and all the clergy, um, whether I agree with them or not. I pray fervently multiple times throughout the day. That's all within my control. What happens thereafter (laughs) yeah you know I'm, I'm gonna drive myself crazy and and you know like you alluded to early on about you know being um kind of structured and things in order i think we all have a little bit of ocd in us you know as as people. Mm-hmm. so i know i do um but i can't control any of that so it's only going to drive me it's just going to create so much um disruption and and bring this uh lack of peace in my heart and soul and that's there's no room for god then you know um if i'm so caught up in that so that being said, Deacon, I think those are words of wisdom, I think, to encourage our listeners out there and the faithful to say, look, you know, we're we're definitely in a, a new year, thanks be to God, but it doesn't mean it's going to be free from strife or trial or tribulation. It's, but are, are we going to approach it differently than what we approached 2020? So that brings us to kind of the core of this episode about how do we maintain our our, our spirits, our faith, and to be faithful and prayerful during these most difficult times. So what can we give to our, our listeners out there, Deacon, as some just encouragement and, and suggestions to do
0: that? Sure. Um, you know, just like in any relationship, the way you get to know uh, the person deeply, intimately is by talking to them, mm-hmm. right? And that's what prayer is. It's a very, at its very heart, it's very core, it's very essence. Um, you know, prayer is talking with God. And the more that we, engage the Lord in that conversation, the more deeply we want to get to know him in that conversation, um, then the closer our intimacy will be with him. Mm -hmm. Um, So you think about this, God literally loves us to death. He loves us to death. Mm -hmm. He sent his only son, Jesus, to die in order to show us that by freely giving up and offering what's most precious to us, which is what? Our life, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, in doing the Father's will by the gift of our life, that we uh, will, He will give us life everlasting. Okay. So Jesus shows us by His witness and example uh, on the cross that even in the darkest hours of our lives, and many of us have been experiencing that with this coronavirus, that even in the midst of that darkness, God's love knows no end. Even in the hardships, that have come through this COVID nineteen, the hardships of, of everyday life, like you said, people losing their jobs, their homes not pay, be able to pay their rent. God's love knows no bounds, mm-hmm. even in suffering and death. God's love holds nothing back, you know. Um, and Jesus, remember, prayed. I, 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 you know, I was I was supposed to be in, uh, in the Holy Land on pilgrimage last year, and so I was looking at pictures, you know, of the of the pilgrimage, just kind of you know just like remembering and i and i got to the 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 um uh, the church that has the rock of agony where jesus is a, the church right next to the garden of gethsemane mm-hmm. and inside that church right at, in front of the altar is the place where jesus uh, uh wept and uh, and sweated blood and you know um uh, right before in, in the garden there before the crucifixion the angel came and strengthened him and i was looking at that picture and jesus himself his prayer was so intense that he sweated blood. Mm-hmm. And it's precisely during those dry times, those dark times, where we're forced to pray from a position of anxiety. In fact, we may be forced to pray—not forced to pray, but but you know, um, finding it hard to pray because exactly what's going on in our in our life, what's going on around us that we 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 it's hard to enter into Christ's paschal mystery because we have a hard time getting ourselves there but here's the the thought that I had the real cross of prayer is to believe that Jesus Christ is lord of every single situation in our lives <laughs> Jesus Christ is lord of every single situation in our lives. So no matter what's going around us, who's the president? Jesus Christ is Lord. What's going on with the Uyghurs that are being, uh, you know, uh, put forced slave labor in China? Jesus Christ is Lord. What's going on with priests being killed and kidnapped in Uganda? Jesus Christ is Lord. So we can get anxious about those things, or we can engage the Lord in uh, and, and, and the way that we know how to do is through prayer, because we know prayer changes things. Mm-hmm. And look at, you know, the, the Blessed Mother interceded at the, at the wedding feast of Cana. Mm-hmm. Jesus was reluctant because he's not supposed to manifest himself as God yet. He was not supposed to start his public ministry, but he interceded because his mother asked him. Mm-hmm. So when we when we come to God in prayer, and not when we're not afraid to do that, even when it's difficult, Mm-hmm. You know, um, that, that's that's when um, God can make that connection in our lives uh, And if you can't pray anything If you're finding it hard to pray Maybe just a simple little prayer that I, That I thought of once in adoration When I was going through something difficult When you can't pray anything else When you can't feel anything else You can't feel God's presence Three things Jesus, I love you Jesus, I trust you Jesus, I give my life to you mm-hmm. Simple yeah. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I give my life to you. Just over and over. You know, um, just like one of the repeating Psalms, like, you know, for his great love is without end. You know, he led this people out of Egypt for his great love without end. He uh slew Pharaoh and all his all his army, for his great love is without end, just over and over again to remind yourself, remind yourself that. The Lord is God over everything that happens in this world, over everything that happens in our lives. And, and, and uh, over time, that builds confidence mm-hmm. in our hearts. That, that builds strength to, to continue to have us move forward in faith.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, so another way to kind of uh, piggyback off of that, Deacon, is, you know, to have that dialogue, that intimate time in dialogue with our Lord, you need to do that in, in, in carved out, intentional time of silence, that the Lord speaks to us, not in the earthquake, not in the fires, but in the silent whispers of of just still moments. And I think one of the things that, you know, as an encouragement to all the people out there is maybe it's time to disconnect and detach from the things of this world, especially those distractions. You heard, you've heard it often from, whether it be Deacon and myself or from other folks, just encouraging the silencing of Every, all the noise out there. And I think that's one of the things you're to be able to hear God's voice. You need to be still. You need to cut from all those distractions. You need to put the phone down. You need to not just fill any of the, the silence in your lives with other noise, even if it is a podcast like Sons of Thunder or something like that. Right. Uh, Walk by faith with Deacon Harold, you know, whatever it may be, you you need to just find time in order to find God. And um, and I think that's really important is to perhaps Um, start to moderate and uh, look at the things that you're filling your days with, filling your mind with, uh, you know, like as Deacon was talking about earlier about the things that really are forming your mind, everything that you allow to come into your mind, into your eyes, into your ears, is going to somehow have an effect and impact on your heart and soul um, and whether or not you have room for God. And if you're made of that rich soil in order to receive the seed of God. So, uh, you know, I think that's one of the things I wanted to offer to remain purple is like, just start to cut out, trim out some of the fat in your life, you know, the things that are of a distraction and of, of this world in order for you to be, you know, um, docile and humble and can respond to the prompt of the Holy spirit.
0: So what other things can we offer there uh, to our folks, Deacon? Yeah. I think one of the things that was important that you just said was being intentional, you know, uh, we're intentional about a lot of things. I mean, if you want to watch the ball game, you know, you make the time, you sit down, you get your little snacks together and stuff, and you're, you know, okay, you sit down, you got your chair, you get all your snacks ready, your drinks, and you're ready. You're intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, with that same kind of intent, we need to approach our life of prayer. So we, you're right. You're absolutely right about the silence. We have to carve out a niche of silence within our day. Um, in Psalm 46 verse 11 says Be still and know that I am God mm-hmm. And uh, Yaudah The word for know there means knowledge that's gained by experience So you can translate that Be still and experience God <laughs> mm-hmm. In that silence And in that quiet mm-hmm. And you know It may not be You may not have an hour 15, 20 minutes Half hour, 45 minutes Whatever you can do To find that time to be intentionally prayerful before God Shut out all the distractions. Try to take a few minutes to calm your mind down from everything that you're worrying about or thinking about and just enter. Or you can bring that worry to the Lord. And so when we bring ourselves into that silence, into great silence, um, then the Lord will speak to our hearts and teach us how to respond to his invitation to love and life and intimacy and communion.
1: Yeah, uh, that's great great insight deacon i was thinking about as you're explaining all of that too. one of the other readings that we heard was the leper who approached our lord with the greatest humility and said lord if you will it you can make me clean and i think that's one of the things sometimes we often forget um in our prayer life sometimes we you know we we don't know if we have the right words to say but just speaking from that place of humility and the desire to be healed right whatever it is that you may uh, be bringing to our lord he, he does will it and he does want to bring us back into communion with um, our community, right? Whether it be our parish, our church, but most importantly with him. And I think we need to, you know, be mindful of that and trust in him and, Allow the Lord to work in your life. I think the, the prayer that Deacon offered up is a prayer that I actually pray myself, just a little bit different words, but that that Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I love you. And I, in my version, I say, you know, Jesus, I surrender all that I have to you, right? Same, same, same concept. And it, it's are you, is, is Jesus really Lord of your life? And if he is, and if you really That's believe, it. yeah, if, 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 our, if, our, if our heavenly father is a loving father, which he is, who gave us his only begotten son, who, like you said, Deacon, loved us so much he died for us, right? Um, his mission was to die for us to order to reconcile us with the Father. That you know he's going to take care of all of all, all of this, whatever it is around you. So if it's your job, if it's your marriage, if it's your family situation, if it's a house payment, uh, if it's whatever. I mean, in your case, right? Right now you're talking about what Lord, where are you leading me in this ministry? Right? This is I left. I left the former way of life in order to, to follow you and to preach your gospel. And this is how I feed my family. Yeah, like you said, the human side of it, really unsettling. Um, but at the same time, God has not failed you yet. And it, it's not like he's going to. And I think that's for all of those listeners out there is to, to really place your trust in God. Make time, be intentional, um, but also you know, speak from the place of the leper. Lord, if you will. Will it you can heal me, and he does maybe not in the way that you thought you need to be healed um, but definitely in a way that you need to be healed and so any last parting words Deacon as we kind of wrap up this uh this episode
0: yeah see it's and and what happened with that leper he he went from an old way of life to a new way of life yeah right because he was now healed yeah um and think about I was thinking about that in connection with the baptism the uh as well the old baptism baptismal rite and a ritual in the early church, um, the baptisms happened outside of the church, Mm -hmm. uh, which is why to this day, a lot of the baptismal fonts are in the back of the church. And and what they did was the the person that was being baptized took all their clothes off and walked down into this, because it was a pit in the ground. Mm -hmm. They walked down some stairs into this pit They were baptized and came out the new side. They took off all their old clothes because that representing leaving their old life behind. Mm -hmm. And after they came out of the baptismal pit, they put on a white garment, just as Jesus wore in the resurrection. And that's why we still have the white garment to this day. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus came out of the tomb. His clothes was as white as no fuller could could bleach, right? Mm -hmm. And so what prayer does, prayer, in order to enter deeply into that life of prayer with God, we have to let go of that old life and surrender everything to God. And that's not easy. Um, but so when we pray, what we're doing, we're asking Lord to lower the walls that we've put up between him and ourselves, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that we received the baptism, that uh, that was nurtured and strengthened uh, and completed baptism in the sacrament of confirmation, that is nourished by Christ's body, blood, soul, divinity, and the Eucharist, um, we, we, we can break down those walls, so that God can enter the most guarded places of our hearts, willing to set us free to love. Right. Um, so during this COVID nineteen pandemic, the last things I'd say is this: you got to take your hands off the steering wheel and let God drive. Yeah. <laughs> I know some of you guys have a hard time letting your wife drive. You know, <laughs> never mind. But you have to let. You have to literally take your hands off the steering wheel and let God drive. Uh, we have to empty ourselves of sin, so God can fill us with His love. And finally, we have to die to the to the to the ways and the thinking of this world, so that Christ can live in us. Because we are in the world, but not of the world. Right? We have to be conformed to the mind of Christ, not to the mind of the culture. And okay. prayer helps us to do that.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, last on the last point of that, Deacon, is I think you know, if if we are truly christians uh we should be the ones most calm most composed because we know that we have our eyes on eternity not on what's in front of us doesn't mean we again we turn a blind eye to it it just means that we realize this is we're just a pilgrim people this is all transitory it's not this is just on our way and so if we're going to be purified like nothing happens outside of god's permissive will therefore everything that happens to us is an opportunity for purification and to offer it up right as a from a redemptive suffering perspective so we know that uh we were already bought with the price and that and that's important Jack. jesus died for us so that we have an opportunity to see him in heaven along with the heavenly father and the holy spirit so you know deacon man every time we hang out you know this time just flies it's just like uh we we just have a lot of fun um you know and it's always great to to be in the vineyard with you, brother. And I appreciate you. And uh, you continue to be you and the family, Colleen and the kids continue to be in me and my family's prayers. And so I hope that uh, that as even though we're almost done with January, right? Uh, <laughs> um, we got one month already almost in the books in 2021 that we continue to to focus on the cross and uh, to remember that God's in control. So I appreciate you and uh, look forward to our next episode. So before we go, always, we, we always look forward to uh, your blessing.
0: Sure. May Almighty God bless you and keep you and protect you and fill you with courage and strength in these challenging and difficult times. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: All right, my brother. Well, we will see you on the next episode. And until then, you all know how we roll. Get holy or die trying.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Sons of Thunder with the dynamic deacon and the man on fire. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, and find out more at DeaconHarold.com and JohnSablon.com. God's peace.